Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Messenger, delivering his word. So we want to hear from him on today. The word of God reads in verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like in a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was this fall. You may be seated. I want to talk once again on God's word is your foundation. God's word is your foundation. Everything that God created is founded on his word. So that's what we need to go by, God's word and not man's word. I'm going to say it again. We need to go on God's word and not man's word. He used two um, illustrations here. He said that, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, the word of God need to be heard. Because the Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. We might need to hear and hear and hear for our faith to come for the word of God. So just don't take the word of God lightly. When you read in the word, speak out the word so your faith can come through what you're hearing. Speak it out, declare it over and over again. Remember that you're not decreeing and declaring it to get something to happen. You're decreeing and declaring it because you know what has already happened. And you want that word to ring out in the atmosphere. You want life to go forward in the atmosphere. Because whatever's in your atmosphere, I guarantee you, if you speak the word of God, If you decree and declare a thing, the word of God said it shall be established. So whatever you go into, whatever, if it's financially and you begin to decree and declare the word of God saying, my God shall supply all of my needs. See, you're going to scratch that all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You want that to ring out in the atmosphere. Why? Because there's lack that you put in that atmosphere. 
See, when you always talking, I don't have, I will never have, we can't do this because we don't have, then you putting lack in your atmosphere. And that's what you getting used to is lack. But when God said that he is our shepherd and we shall not lack, we shall not want in any area. So that means every area of my life, they're supposed to be what I need. There's supposed to be no lack. So when you begin to decree and declare that in the atmosphere, all of a sudden you build up with the word of life. It looks as if I can go on. In spite of what the bank says, I know what God says. I'm not going to build my foundation on the bank. I'm going to build my foundation on the word because the word is true. The word brings life. God set me apart in truth. Sanctify me in your truth today. God, I want truth. I'm tired of building my house on lies. Come on, we got houses built on lies. And this is why they're not functioning the way they need to function. But he said, whosoever hear these sayings of mine. Now, this is the key. If I'm hearing, then I need to be doing You cannot hear without doing. Remember Jesus when he was at a marriage and his mother told them to do what he says. Do what he says. You're hearing him, but now she said, I want you to do what you heard. See, this is where the miracle came in because you can hear it, but you can't receive anything until you do what you heard. Some of us are hearing God, but we're afraid to do because we're basing it on us and not basing it on him. Whatever God says, do it. Even when your money look a little funny, do it. Because if God is saying to do it, it's something in what God is saying. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God has got provision in what he's saying. I want y'all to catch this. When God says you are healed by Jesus Christ, you are healed. See, that's the word from God. When that word goes out, there's healing in that word. So God is going to hit you with the power of him through that word. You got to know what's in the word. God is not going to send something that he's not going to do. He said he sent his word, which is Jesus. And he has already healed you. He's already delivered you. He's already prospered you. Why? Because he sent his word. And his word has already done what it needs to do. So when you hear the word, you're going to have to do the word. I believe some of us are hearers. But we're not doers. And then it goes on to say, and I will liken him to be a wise man. See, when you hear the word, you do the word, you're wise. Why? Because you're building your house on a rock. You're building your house on the word of God. And if you know that you're building your house on the word of God, no matter what trouble comes. Now I'm here to tell you in this life, trouble is going to come. You can't avoid trouble because if you're living for God, the enemy is going to use whomever he can to bring trouble to your house. And that trouble that come to your house is going to be like a rain descending, like the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. See, these things are going to beat on your house. These things are going to come at you to trouble you, to stop you from standing on the word of God. But truth in this, it says, for it was, it did not fall 
for it was founded on the rock. See, I can quote the word all day long, but if I'm not believing in what I'm quoting, it's not doing me any good. So actually I'm not founded. See, when you're founded upon something, that foundation is so firm. Meaning that when the word go down and take root in you, then it's being firm. It's being planted. It's being made solid because it is the word of God. But if you're taking that word and you have head knowledge instead of heart knowledge, it's not doing you no good because it's coming from your head. I don't know about you in school. I would get this stuff in my head and hoping by the time I get the test, I will remember. But it didn't work all the time. But once I got it in my heart, I can have confidence. I can have assurance. Come on, bring it on. Bring it on. I know this. But when it's in your head, you're trying to figure it out. But when it's in your heart, it just comes up and out. So we need to have the word in our heart. Then he said it was another foundation that was built on sand. If, if a house is built on sand, it's going to sink. Because it ain't founded on a solid foundation. So the same thing happened, the rain came, the flood came, the winds blew and beat on that house. And it says it fell. And listen at this, and great was its fall. So we want to always build on the word of God. Don't build off a man, build off of God. Build off of what God has said. And the only way you know what he said is through the word of God, through what's written. And then David said in Psalms 86, 11, I'm just doing a recap to go into something else. Teach me your way, O Lord. So in order to build on the word, to build on that rock, to be founded on it, you have to be taught. David was willing to be taught. And by David being willing to be taught, he said, I will walk. I will live in your truth. So when you're taught the word and you're founded on the rock, which is the word, then you're going to live according to his truth. I'm going to say it again. When you are taught the word, you're going to live according to the word. You're going to do what the word is saying and you're going to be joined. You're going to be united and you're going to fear the Lord. Your heart is going to be united to him and you're going to fear him. You're going to honor him. Why? Because you're taught the word. You're living according to the word. So you are honoring him because your heart is connected to him. So some people don't want to be taught. Because some people think they know everything. Some people get stubborn. They get rebellious. I know. But actually you don't know. That's just pride. You want people to think you know something. But you don't know. When somebody is telling you something through the word. Don't say I know. Say thank you. Say thank you for giving me that. And even if you do know. Say thank you for giving me that. Don't I? Well I know that. I know what the word says. Did you know it says this? Come on, God is giving you that word. He's reminding you of that word once again, even though you know, for God so loved the world and it's getting teached in here a thousand times, then you need to say, God, is something that you want me to know about that verse. It's something else in that verse that I do not have. So God, I thank you for giving me the knowledge. I thank you for giving me the wisdom and understanding dealing with this verse and get over, I know. Because when you say, I know, that's the form of pride. Some of us, we do know, but God always sends somebody to help you. Because it may be something that you thought you knew that you did not know. 
So David wanted to be taught. So we have to be taught the word of God. I go back to Proverbs the fourth chapter, verse beginning at verse 20, when it says, pay attention to God's word. Pay attention to my word. He put that in there. Pay attention to my word. He didn't say nobody else's. If our whole attention is on God's word, when man bring another word, we said, that ain't God. That's not what God is saying. And see, I remember when we was having um, Bible study and prayer meeting over there at our house years ago. And I said this once before, this lady was coming in to do the teaching. And the lady that was coming in to do the teaching, there was this gentleman in there that each time she was teaching, he would interrupt her. And she would be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's like, I know more than you know, so I'm going to intervene in what you're saying. So this woman is sitting there, she's being patient, but they did it more than one time. And she said, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh. She rose up in her authority because what he was doing was coming against what God was bringing. She said, "Uh uh-uh, I didn't come here for that. I'm paraphrasing her. She was very upset because he was interrupting, trying to interject what man is saying instead of what the word of God is saying. So she stood up for God. And that's what we have to do. We cannot allow error just to pass us by. If somebody misquotes something, we want to make sure to let them know that that was misquoted. Sometimes we'll say, you know, I'm just paraphrasing. You explain that. But if somebody is telling you something and they're adding to it or taking away from it, you have to bring correction because somebody will go out and use that and it's not going to work. Why? Because somebody added to, somebody took away from. So you want to follow through in the word of God and said, I need to inform you of this. And you need to let them know what's written. You need to let them know what God is saying through what is written. Why? Because if God has given you revelation on that. See, a sinner can read what is written, but it's not open up to that sinner for that sinner to be telling somebody what they need to be doing. There's a difference. You need the word revealed to you. You need some light coming from the word. You can't just take the word and run with it and think that's what God is saying. Because if you have not been with the word and been illuminated and had intimacy with the word, you cannot run with it and saying this is what the word is saying. So you need to pay attention to the word. You need to incline your ear unto the word of God. And you need to keep focus on the word, not letting it depart from your eyes. And that way you can keep it in the midst of your heart. And by keeping it in the midst of your heart, it will bring life unto all flesh. It will bring healing. It will bring medicine to our bodies. So this is why we have to pay attention. We don't come into the house of the Lord. We don't come into Clem or Bible study and just say, I'm there. We come in because we're saying, God, teach me. Show me, God, your way, Lord. Show me what you want me to do and how you want me to do. Oh, I'm hearing this in my ears a little bit where people say, well, you don't have to go in there for God to teach you. But that's what God's word tells you to do. You need to be up under a teacher even though you have the Holy Ghost. See, some people think, I don't need to be taught. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you don't need to be taught, why did you go to school? Why did you go to school and sit up under instructors? Why did you go to college? 
Because if you go out in the world, they ain't going to hire you on some of these jobs if you were not taught or if you weren't educated. See, the Lord had to back that up. So we can't come into church to be taught, but we can go to college and we can go through high school. We can go through elementary and we can be taught, right? And then people tell you, you need to go to college. You need to get a degree. You telling them to be taught. They got the Holy Ghost. Why do they need it? Oh. God know how to back himself up. So see, we got to know how to back ourselves up. Ourselves according to the word of God. Go with me to this scripture here. And I want to back this up before I go any further. Remember I said we have to know how to back ourselves up according to the word of God. Go to 1 Peter 3.15. 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always, listen at this. And always be ready to give a defense. To everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. This is why we need to know what God's word is saying and where it began. You need to know the history coming from the word of God. You need to know your history. And we need to give an answer, a reason for the hope. And some things we can't answer. Let's just be honest. Some things I can't answer because I ain't been there. But when somebody asks me something, I'll say, you know what? Wait a minute. I'll get back with you. I'm not going to tell you I know nothing. Just because you got people with all these titles, just because you got people with doctor in front of their name, they don't know everything like God. But when they're asked a question, that's when they say, you know what, wait a minute, let me go look into that. Let me see what God's word has to say on that, and I'll get back with you. You do not answer according to you, you answer according to the word of God. So quit looking at people with a doctor in front of their name and thinking that they know everything. Even human doctors don't know everything. They don't know. That's why we have to check in with God. Because some things that they don't know and we go on what they don't know will kill you. So that's why you need to know him first and foremost. So David was saying, teach me. Teach me. He was saying, teach me, Lord. I want to be taught. So you got to really open up your heart and say, God, I want to be taught. It's not about me. God is all about you. I'm willing to have a teachable spirit. You got to come in the house of God and have a teachable spirit and get over you saying, I know. Because there's something in there that you may not know that may can add to what you don't know to help you fulfill what God would want you to fulfill. So then we look at, in the book of Nehemiah, the 8th chapter, we went over that and how Ezra began to read the word of God unto them. But look at what the people did. The people asked for the book of the, the law of Moses. They asked for that book because they knew that that book of law contained the commandments of God. Y'all want you to catch it. The people asked for it. The people were asking, we want this read unto us. We want the book of the law of Moses with the commandments of God to be read unto us. When they got that book of law, it said that 
people, older people, that could understand were in the midst of them to hear what was read. And it said the people were attentive to the book of law. They asked for it, and they became very attentive to the book of law. This is reminding me of in the old days. And I know when um, we used to go to church or prayer meeting or whatever, and you were taught to be quiet. I don't know about y'all, but we were taught, be quiet and listen. And some parents, if you did not be quiet and listen, they'll pop you in the mouth. Or they'll pinch you real hard. Or they'll ball up their lips and say, you causing me nothing, Mr. Child. So you knew next time, when you went into the house of the Lord, you knew. You can't say you didn't know you were going to get knocked out or something in the house of the Lord. And some people will say, I'm going to knock you out and have Jesus to revive you. So you knew the difference when you got into, but the problem was they telling you to be quiet, but they never tell you why you need to be quiet. Never told you why. They just tell you, shut up. You don't act like that in here. Well, why, mama, why? Because I said, so shut up. Because they didn't even know why. They just didn't want attention drawn to them. When Jeremy, Jolly Green Giant, was a, a little baby, we would take him to church. And when we would take him to church, I was the first partaker of going to church. And I would leave them home. And I, would, I accepted Jesus. Both of us, when we got married, neither one of us was saved. But eventually I got saved, and as I got saved and I was going without my husband to church, finally he wanted to go to church with me, and I believe by that time he got saved. So we took little Jeremy with us to church, and he turned it out. (laughs) He turned it out in that back, and my husband, he was so mad. So each time he would turn it out, my husband would leave, right? So one Sunday, the pastor, he came up to us, and he said, Oh, Jeremy was very quiet today. He didn't understand. He was quiet because he wasn't in there. (laughs) We always had to take him out because for some reason when he got in the house of the Lord, he let the devil use him. (laughs) And if the devil used him, he said, I'm not going to only get him. I'm going to get y'all too. Because when y'all say, shut up, people are hearing y'all say, shut up. In the house of the Lord. So the devil's making it seem as if we're telling the pastor, shut up. Why is that? Because he don't want you to pay attention. I want y'all to understand something. When you have a baby in your womb, women, that is the time for that baby to be nurtured, nurtured with the things of God. That is that time for you to be speaking over that baby in your womb because that baby hears in your womb. How do I know this? Now, Jeremy was different from Ariel because I wasn't saved when I had Jeremy. Matter of fact, I know I wasn't saved because I remember I was sitting at the dining room table and thinking about a name for my son. Y'all catch this. This is how much I didn't know. I heard of this name. I thought it was a nice name, but I didn't know. But thank God for my daddy. I said, I'm going to name him Judas. He was in my womb. Y'all better catch it. I'm going to name him Judas. Daddy said, no, you ain't. (laughs) He did. He told me, no, you ain't. See, he he heard about Judas, but I didn't hear about Judas like he did. (laughs) 
I said, okay. <laughs> Y'all don't get it? So when I had Ariel, I was saved. And I remember the Lord told me, he said, I want you to speak wisdom over her while she's in your womb. I just want you to speak wisdom. I want you to speak Proverbs over her. So I was doing that over Ariel. When I had Ariel and we was in church and she was just a small baby and I had her sitting beside us, the lady tapped me on my shoulder and she looked at me. She said, that baby is full of much wisdom. See, it starts in the womb. Life starts in the womb. So don't get excited because you having a baby Get excited because that's life that's coming from God that's in your womb. And you want to instruct that baby. You want to teach that baby in the way that baby should go. You don't want to have no foolishness around that baby. All ungodly music. You don't want to talk ungodly things around that baby because you know that baby is hearing what needs to be heard from the womb. So it starts in the womb. And when that child comes out of the womb, that child have heard godly things. And then you continually raise that child up in godly things. I was watching a movie. I kind of flipped through stuff and the Lord will show me something. And it was called I Believe. Some of y'all may have already seen it. It was about a little boy who father and mother did not believe in God. But when he began to hear about God, he got curious for himself. I'm paraphrasing this, y'all. He got curious for himself. So what he would do, he stopped by a church and he saw Jesus um, putting his hand on a blind um, guy, uh, somebody. And when he saw that, that touched him. So he went and started reading the Bible for himself and he saw how Jesus was healing and what Jesus was doing. So he began to speak about Jesus. Long story short, it was getting on the inside of him. This guy gave him a Bible. He took the Bible home. He was reading the Bible. His mother said, where did you get this? She said, hide it from your father. Do not let your father see you reading this. His father was a news anchor, but this little boy kept speaking about Jesus. So we went into church one day, and this man that was a vet, he didn't have, uh, one of his legs was missing. And he began to talk to this man, and I believe he told him to pray to Jesus or do something, you know, basically. The man's leg grew out in church. Started from there with that miracle. It didn't stop there. He had another um, incident where a miracle came forth with a baby that had blind eyes. He told the mother, go home, pray to God concerning the blind eyes and the baby eyes open. So it was miracle after miracle. And he would quote the Bible saying, you know, about asking God, if you ask God and Jesus, I mean, he was saying all of this. He was a young kid. But he believed, he had faith in what the word of God was saying. It started at a young age. But guess what? The devil began to come at him. And when the devil came at him, it made him feel as if he failed God. He failed his parents. But guess what? It was this man called a gangster or whatever you call him. He kidnapped him and asked him, can you go and heal my son? So he talking to him about Jesus, went in the room, the son was in a coma. He began to pray for him and the guy come out of a coma, come on somebody. And the very one that was a gangster end up saving his life. And so, come on, y'all look at God. Why am I saying all this? When you start your kids out young. Now, don't wait till they get a teenager and think you're going to beat the devil out of them because you're not. I'm going to beat the devil out of you. We're going to kill them. 
Because that's what the devil wants you to do. You cannot start in teenage years and think you're going to change somebody. You can't do it, but the word of God can. It may take longer. But if we raise our children up according to the right foundation, come on, when they get to an age of accountability and they're out there doing what they should not do, they're going to remember what you said. Even though they may not do it, they're going to remember that foundation. Because even Jolly Green Giant would tell me some things that happened in his life. And I want to use one incident, and Jeremy, I'm going to have to call you up here for this incident. We're talking about the right foundation. Come here, baby. Yeah, he need the mic. This is when Jeremy was working for this company. Do not call the company that you was working for. And I believe it was a preacher on the job with you. And this preacher, I guess, was talking about money. And do you remember that incident? Oh. Um, you talking about who was talking about um, church, talking about you and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we was at the job, and um, I forgot. A lot of them guys didn't really believe in women preachers and stuff like that, so... He said something to me, and um, we was behind the truck at the job, and I realized there wasn't no camera. Nobody couldn't see nothing. So, yeah, I had a, I had jumped on and threw him down. But um, yeah, I ain't played by my mama. That's but what about. this is what I want you to tell them. Jeremy would always tell them this. I'm not where. Oh yeah, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but I know, you know. I what you to- saying? Yeah. What, what? It's not right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would always minister this way. I'm not where I need to be. But I know what you're saying ain't right. It don't come from the Bible. Now, how would he know this? Foundation, because this is how he was trained. Even though he's not in the place where he need to be with God, he come out of a house that taught him what was Right, And we did right in front of him, not just teaching him what was right, but we lived according to what was right. Is that true, Jeremy? Yeah, that's true. How did you see your mom and dad? Living right. Living right. Even though he wanted to live wrong. Did you see right in the house? Yeah, I learned for myself. (laughs) Speak. (laughs) I see now. You see now. How do you see now? I dealt with it and, you know, granddad know. Granddaddy know? Thank you, Jeremy James Bryant. He dealt with it because I remember days, y'all, this is part of a foundation and I'm moving on because I know y'all want to hear something today. And you are. This gentleman here young man my daddy said brother elijah i prayed for him more than i prayed for all my grandkids but look at god see we got to understand trouble is gonna come i'm still talking about these foundations they're gonna beat on your house when it come to your kids they're gonna beat on your house hard and you're gonna think it ain't no hope for my child but the devil is a liar no matter what they're in, no matter what they're doing, you quote, say, God, you said if you save me, you'll save my whole house. So it don't matter what it looked like in the natural.
children so they can speak this good news concerning the kingdom. God, when they go left, put them left. When they go right, put them right. So eventually they're going to look straight ahead to you. God, I give you glory for what you're doing even right now. Though it don't feel good. Your word don't change. Though it don't look good, Jennifer Simpson. God's word don't change. So you got to keep the right foundation in spite of what it looked like. In spite of how you feel. You got to say, God, you said. Now you got to honor what you said. You have to keep that foundation in spite of. So this is what Nehemiah, they were being taught the word. They were paying attention to the word of God. And even when they didn't understand. They had people there to give them understanding of the word of God. When the word of God was being taught. When they got understanding of that word. They began to mourn. They were being convicted. But then Nehemiah say, don't mourn. He said the joy of the Lord is your strength. See he was letting them know even in the midst of being convicted, God still loved you. You can go in joy because the joy of the Lord is going to strengthen you. The joy of the Lord is going to keep you. No matter what you're going through, go in joy because he has given you fruit that represent joy. Some people say, how can you be so joyous? When you know this is going on because it ain't my joy, it's God's joy. And his joy is giving me strength. Even in the midst of my pain, God is giving me strength. Not mine, but his. So we go in his power, not ours. Not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. So we're going to pay attention to his word. We're going to be taught the word. We're going to pay attention to the word. We're going to get understanding of what God's word is saying. Amen. It is so. This is how we got to start out the right way. So I'm going to go back to Genesis because I left off somewhere. And I want to say this. I'm not standing here to prove nothing to nobody. I'm standing here to give you what God would have for me to give you. I don't know all everything that's dealing in this area, but I know enough to know what God is saying. So we're going to go on what God is saying. I'm no scientist. I'm not educated in that area, but the Holy Ghost know. Amen. Go with me to Genesis chapter one. This is your history, y'all. This is where history began and Genesis. And the thing is, some of us go all the way over here to the New Testament. But don't you know the New Testament bring you back to the old? It only referenced back. That's what Jesus did. So I want you to follow along with me quickly because I want to go somewhere where I left off last Sunday. When we look in Genesis, it starts off. And again, I'm going to say, I know you know this. In the beginning, stop right there. The beginning is the first cause of everything. The beginning is the first cause of everything. It say in the beginning, God. 
So when we look at that in the beginning, God, it means God was before everything happened. God was before everything happened. You can verify that in Psalms chapter 90, verse 2. Before the mountains, before anything was made, before anything was created, God was. So we got to understand, first of all, that God was before anything. God is self-existing. He is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. He is just God. He is. That's who he is. He was before everything. Y'all got to catch it. Because see, if you don't know this, you will go on what man is saying with the big bang theories, with evolution. And these things are taught in school. They're taught in college. If you don't put your kids on the right foundation, they're going to take what they're getting out of history books. This come from man. But you got to let them know where it began. You got to sit down and tell them there is a God. And they'll say, well, how you know that there is a God? We can say because the Bible says so, but we need to let them know before anything was created, he existed. He is the creator. He is Elohim. And then it says God created. That means something new. When something is new, that means it did not exist from something else. There was nothing there. That's why the Bible say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That means God did it. It was nothing there. Then it described how it was. It said the earth was without form, without form, without form. It was empty, mean it was void. There was nothing there. It was empty, void, empty. I want y'all to catch this, catch the picture. In the beginning, God, Elohim. El Elyon, the most high God, created, made something out of nothing. That, what did he make something out of nothing? He made the heaven and the earth. It was not there. Darkness filled what? The earth. Then it goes on to say, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Not only was God there, but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three of them was there. One God, three persons. Catch it. One God, three persons. It's telling you Trinity. One God, three persons. And all of them had a part in creation. We go down and it said, God said, let there be. And there was. He said, let there be light. And there was. Where I'm going is God is setting things up the way God want them to be. Understand this. God is the one that's setting things up the way he want them to be. How did he do it? By his word. His word is what created. His word is what brought things into being. Why? Because God spoke his word. And as he spoke and commanded his word, then things came into existence. Everything came into existence by his word. Upholding all things by the word of who? His power. I'm running through quickly. So we know it came into existence through his word. He told everything what he wanted it to do. God, God said, God saw, and then it said God called. God even began to name these things. He gave names to the sun, the moon, the stars. God did this. This was not man. This was God. Matter of fact, man was not even here. This was God. When God done all this, this was God. When God finished doing everything he needed to do, that's when he began to say, Then God said, let us make man. 
I want y'all to catch this. He finished doing everything that need to be done. Now he's saying, let us make man. I want y'all to catch this man part. Man here means mankind, human race. Listen, let us make man in our likeness, in our image, according to our likeness. Everything else was made according to his kind. Correct? But now we are made in the likeness and image of God. Then he began to say, let them. Y'all catch this. It was a them. Them. Y'all see that, right? Let them have dominion. He's talking about dominion. Go to verse 27. I'm moving quickly. Verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Here go the key. Male and female. This is the foundation. This is God's word. Church, this is what we go on. He created who? Male and female. We don't go outside of his word. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth to do it. And then he talked about the dominion. He told them what he had given them to eat. In the beginning, um, male and female were vegetarians. That's what it was there. And we're going to get to the part when they got ready to eat meat. So then we go down. Follow me down to chapter 2. And I want to go to verse 7. So God was saying he's going to create male and female. So he already put it out there that it was going to be male and female. Did he not? Did he not put it out there? It was going to be male and female. Then he go down to verse 7 and it says, And the Lord God formed man. Stop right there with man. See, this is why you got to look up words in Hebrew. Man look like it's just man, right? But I want y'all to catch something. It is man, but inside man is the human race and mankind. Hold that. Inside man is the human race, human being, mankind. That's what that man means. Human race, human being, mankind. And then he said... Out of the dust of the ground. So we know what he did. He breathed the breath of life into man and he became a living soul. So then the Bible tells us that he took this man and he put him in the garden. Y'all get that, right? He put him in the garden to tend to that garden and work that garden. So what God was doing was giving man, mankind, human being, and then um, what else I called it? Mankind, human being, human race. He gave him authority. He said, I want you to work that garden. I want you to watch over that garden for me. So he put him in charge. That's authority. Then after he did that, he talked. He said, now another thing. You can eat freely of every tree that's in this garden, except the tree of what? Knowledge of good and evil. He said, if you eat from this tree, you will surely die. Man had a choice. Stop right there. Free will. God gave all of us a free will. Nobody should take your free will. In the beginning, God told man, you can freely eat from this tree. 
But he said, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat from this tree. So he gave him a choice. He gave him a choice to be obedient to him or to be disobedient. Is that not a choice? You can either choose to be obedient or you can choose to be disobedient. Is that not a choice? So this is what he did. Then what he did, he gave, um, he said to Adam, this is what he said. He ended up creating the animals. And then the Lord began to say, in verse 18, and the Lord said to him, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper, um, a helpmate, meaning comparable to him, equal. God said, I'm going to make you someone that's equal to you. I'm going to make you someone that can walk beside you. So this is what God was saying, equal to you. I'm going to make you someone that can help you with what I have given you. Go back to verse 26 and 27. He gave both of them the same right. So when he said, I'm going to make them equal to you, comparable to you, I'm going to have them to compliment you, both do the same thing, to compliment each other. So he said, this is what I'm going to do. Then he told Adam, he said, I want you to name all the animals. He was giving them authority over the animals, right? He gave them authority. We know what he did with Eve. Check this out, though, y'all. Remember this. Go back when he formed man. Remember I said what was in man. I want you to catch it. In one man was everything God needed to do what he needed to do for the human race. In that one man, check it out, one man means one race. One man means one race. He said, I'm going to put in this one man everything that I need. Oh, y'all don't get it. I'm going to put in this one man everything that I need. Catch it. So when he got to Adam, he took out of that one man. He took out of that one man a rib, and that rib became woman, but still that woman was a part of one man. Let's do it again. When God created man, he created, formed that man, one, from the dust of that ground, breathed breath into his nostril. He became a living soul. That was the breath of life. But when God made man, he made man with everything that man needed in that one man. I'm going to prove it. So then he took the rib from Adam and he made one man. This is why Adam said, this is now bone of my bone. Flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of that one man. This is where marriage come from. It didn't come from man. It came from God. Meaning that God said, woman was already in man in that one man i'm pulling woman out of one man but you still one flesh one but he needed to take the woman out of the man so the man and woman could come together and fulfill what god said but it was in that one man one race every race 
is in that man. Human race, human race. Every human race is, was in that one man. So look what happened. So here go Adam and Eve, right? He had to recognize marriage is between one man and one woman. Back then, they were pure. Their genes wasn't messed up. This was part of God's plan. So when they multiplied, I want y'all to check this out. There was not going to be any mutations. There was not going to be nothing wrong with it because it was pure. Catch it. Everything God made was good. So God's plan for the earth was when you multiply, ain't going to be no mutations. It ain't going to be none of that. Because you're going to be pure. That's how he wanted it to stay, pure. But we know what the enemy did. The enemy came in, used the serpent. And when he used the serpent, Eve got deceived. He said, did God really say? So what is he doing? He's attacking God's word. He attacked the God's word. He wanted them to believe in themselves and not believe in God. Y'all know what happened. Sin came into the world and it corrupted what? The world. Let's go a little bit further. Now, go back to 320. I'm trying to hurry it up. 320. And Adam called his wife named Eve because she was the mother of all living. Listen to this. Y'all don't get it? He called her Eve because she's the mother of all living. That means every human race is coming through Adam and Eve, one race. It was never black and white. It was never all these races. It's one race. It's right here in the Bible. It's one race. If everybody bleeds, you're going to have blood. The same blood. It's red. You may have different O positive, whatever, whatever, but it's still blood, right? So it says that here. Now go back to verse 22 in chapter 3. Listen at this. Then the Lord God said, behold the man. Now look, why didn't God say behold Adam and Eve? He going back to one race. Listen. Then the Lord said, behold the man, mankind, human beings, human race have become like one of us. He said, behold the man. Behold the man. He's talking to all. Behold all human beings. Y'all better catch it. Behold all human race. Behold, all mankind has become like one of us. So we got to send them out of this garden because they have been corrupted. And if they eat from the tree of life, they're going to live into with corruption for eternity. And I cannot have the human race to be that way because that's not the way I intended for it to be. So he said the human race, he including everybody. Do y'all remember that scripture that says, go with me to Romans 5, 12. I'm just moving along as the Holy Spirit show it to me. Therefore, just as through one man, one human race, sin entered the world. Y'all don't catch it. Go back to what God said. Behold, the man has become like one of us. Human race. Human beings have become like one of us. Therefore, just as through one man, one man, one race. How can one man contaminate everybody? It's because we come from one race. One. One race. Human race. 
human beings, mankind. So we come from one race, y'all. Let's move on ahead. Everybody catching that? Don't ask me no questions because I can only give you what God gave me so far. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I ain't no scientist. I'm just giving you what God has given me so far. I ain't up here trying to prove nothing. I'm giving you the word of God. Are you following along in your word? I'm not adding to it. I'm not taking away from it. Amen. Let's go to chapter four. Y'all going to get this here. Now look at what chapter four said. This is funny. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. Okay, check this out, y'all. Check this out. New mean he had intimacy with his wife. Y'all know that, right? But check this. Y'all better check this. The Bible has timelines. If you don't research them timelines, you would think that Adam waited and waited and waited to become intimate with his wife. And I know that's a lie. Because when you look at chapter 2, verse 25, Adam knew now that's my wife. Her body belonged to me. My body belonged to her. And they were both naked. The man and his wife and were not ashamed. You tell me that wasn't exploring. Y'all better catch this. They were already married. Already married. You got to know your timeline. You can't just read the Bible without knowing your timelines, without knowing the history in between. Because if you don't know the history in between, you will go here and you will say, Adam and Eve just, you know, became intimate and they had Cain and Abel. No, they had children before Cain. I'm going somewhere. They had children before Cain and Abel. And I'm go- we're going to follow through. See, if you don't read the Bible the way you need to and go into the history and the timelines, you will take this to say, this was the first children on the earth. Ain't that what we always took that for? This was Cain and Abel. Some people have taken it as this too. They were twins. The reason why they took it as they were twins, because when you don't know what the Bible is saying, it says she bore um, Cain. I have acquired a man from the Lord. But you got to understand what God is doing in this situation. Then she bore again. Again don't mean right then. That's where people get twins from. Again don't mean right then. Then she bore later. Read other translations. Later don't mean they have to be the same day. It could be down the road. So when you take what people, when you take what people are saying, they were twins, because it said one popped out right after the other. In that case, look at this. Check this out, y'all. It tell what both of them was doing. It said, this time is brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but King was a tiller of the ground. Now listen at this. How in the world can two twins pop out and now they're tilling the ground and keeping sheep? It's a timeline, y'all. We got that situated, right? Y'all better pay attention. (laughs) We got this situated. See, it takes time and study in the word of God. And God will show you a simple way to things instead of trying to be, um, you know, whatever, whatever. So we got that part with them two, right? So y'all know what happened. King killed Abel. Now what God is doing here with these two right here, you got to deal with a righteous seed and an unrighteous seed. King killed Abel. 
which was the righteous seed. Let me tell you how I know Abel was the righteous seed. Cain bought his stuff from the ground, giving it to God, and it looked like it was okay, right? Because he gave first to God. When he, his stuff come about the ground, he said, I'm going to give you first. That looked good, didn't it? But Abel did what God said. Blood had to be shed. They were taught that blood had to be shed. Don't you know Adam and Eve taught them, taught all of them about God and what happened with them? There was a foundation. So Abel did what God told him to do. Now you may think you did something and you say God's going to appreciate that. But if it's not what God told you to do, it is not appreciated. It's rejected. So look at Cain's was rejected. Abel's was accepted. Um, Cain got so angry because he was not accepted. We know he killed his brother. After he killed his brother, you know what God did with Cain. Now, here is Cain. Here go another catch, y'all. Check this. Go to verse 16. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Check this out. He dwelled in the land, right? It did not say he went to get a, a wife in the land, did it? It said he dwelled in the land. Now it's saying that King knew his wife. He already had a wife. So where did King's wife come from? It came from his sisters. Y'all better catch it. You better catch it. It did not say he went into Nod to get a wife. It said that he dwelled in Nod. Right? Some of y'all are saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. You believe whatever you want to believe. I'm just giving you truth. I'm going to give it to you the way God gave it to me. So we look at what Cain did. Say he knew his wife. Check this out now. Now, Cain still is coming from who? One race. One man. One race, one man, Adam. Right? So Cain began. Now, he was unrighteous seed. He was a murderer. He was a killer. Cain began to have children by his sister. So here is Cain's generation, right? The generation that come through who? Through Cain. We see that. Through his generation, he had a grandchild that did the same thing he did. And he was saying, well, it happened with him. Hey, I can da-da-da-da. Y'all finish reading that. Then we go down to this. Check this out. Y'all better catch it. You have a righteous seed. You have an unrighteous seed. God needs a righteous seed to carry on what need to be carried on. So what happens next? And Adam knew his wife again. And she bore a son named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom King killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born. He called his name, what is that? Enosh. Then men, listen at this. Then man began to call on the name of the Lord. You see, they go to righteous seed. Follow along. Now I'm going to verify to you that Adam and Eve had other sons and daughters. Go to 5-4. And Adam lived 130 years and begot his son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years. Now listen at this. And he had sons and daughters. He had sons and daughters before Cain and Abel. So what was happening was those sons and daughters was getting together and replenishing. But there was an ungodly line. 
which was Cain's ungodly line. God needed a godly line to carry on God's way of doing things. So he got that line through Seth. When he got that line through Seth, when you go to chapter 6, what was happening, it was so much evil that was in the world that God was going to destroy the world. Now this is where people say, when the Bible, I have to clear this up, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God, the sons of God is Seth line. These are the godly men coming from Seth. Come on, you're coming out of five, you're going into six. These ain't no daggone angels. People have laid a foundation saying these are angels, okay? The sons of God saw the daughters of men. That they were beautiful. Why are they called daughters of men? Because that's the ungodly line. And then it says, took wives for themselves of all whom they choose. So that's why they say the giants come from. But what's happening when you got these different um, generations coming up? I'm going to tell y'all this. From Adam and Eve, this is where the race began. And out of Adam and Eve came different offsprings. Okay. You may have some that was taller. You may have some that was shorter. You may have some that um, was a shade like, lighter. You may have some that was a shade darker. But they kept multiplying. They kept multiplying. To give you an example, do y'all remember the true story about this um, Caucasian woman, white woman, having uh, a dark-skinned baby and having a light-skinned baby? Um, they say black and white baby. The husband thought that she had been with somebody, but it was his child. The baby just had a different shade, a different skin color. The pigmentation of that baby was darker than the other baby. So see, it started with one man, y'all, and things happened in that. Now let me move a little bit further. I want to get to the Tower of Babel to let everybody understand. So we're going through the generation God, um, then Noah had to come as another righteous seed, right? So through Noah, it was his family. We know Noah was a righteous seed because he was preaching righteousness to the people. The people didn't want to hear it. God told him to build an ark. He told him what to put in the ark, right? So Noah was obedient to God. So we know that that um, generation died, the ones that did not get in the boat with Noah and his family, right? So we know Noah still come from who? One man. God keeps a seed. Y'all don't get it? But it's going to still come from that one man. So then when you go on with Noah, look what God told Noah in chapter 9. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them. Now you all check this. Be fruitful and multiply. Who's going to get with who? They got the multiply right the sons had wives did did he take the wives with him on the boat didn't he take the wives Noah had a wife be fruitful and multiply right so they're multiplying but it's still sisters and brothers coming together y'all don't get it still a righteous seed right so this is what he told Noah be fruitful and multiply y'all heard him say this in the word right this is God talking he told him about the dominion and everything When you get into nations descending from Noah, in chapter 10, these are nations descending from Noah, which came through who? Adam. 
one race. When you get to chapter 10, what was happening, they were telling you the um, nations coming from Noah, dealing with his sons, right? What God said happened, do you know how the Tower of Babel started? They quit doing what God told them to do. They quit multiplying. God said, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. So they wanted to have one. One nation, one language, all of them the same. That's not what God wanted them to do. So they was going to build that tower so they can continue to be one nation, one name. That was it. They wanted to stop there. This is why God said, we got to go down there and confuse them. They ain't going by what I told them to do. So this is why all the nations begin to scatter. But understand this. You have um, Chinese. You have all this, all that. When they were at the Tower of Babel, you have still the differences in shade. That, that one shade was there. Whatever they wanted was there because they wanted to build that tower. But God scattered them. What am I saying? It's one race. And in that one man came out every shade. It don't matter. Tall, short, whatever. And I'll give you this. In the Bible, we're going to discuss it more in Clem because this is a part of discipleship. So if you want to know more, be a part of discipleship class. This is what's happening, y'all. When you look at people with mutations, they were marrying close together, right, in the beginning. Because they were pure. There was nothing wrong. But as they start marrying too close, you will see different things that was happening, right? Different things that's happening. All of us are kin, but we go marry farther off so there won't be all these mutations. Let me give you an example. When you marry way off, you may have a son or a daughter, the nose better be a little bit crooked, but it ain't that much off. Let me help you out. Maybe you have some um, mutations, but not a lot. But when you marry close, close, you see some people be off in the mind. They be off um, in face. You have some stuff that's not right. Y'all know this. There you go. So I'm trying to bring it to you without getting deep, 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 deep. It's just simple. It's right here in the word. Why did I bring this? First, let's start back. God is the one that orchestrated everything. Marriage is founded on God, okay? God showed us how marriage should be. It's right there in the beginning. God showed us that it's one race. And I want to say this. When our children know this, and when they're being taught in school, these things, well, black, you know, the reason why this happened, these slaves and stuff, and you from Africa, you from a monkey, the devil is a lie. I'm from Adam. I'm from one race. When they put stuff, y'all know when they ask you what race you are, put at them. Then when they come back and say, you made a mistake. No, I didn't. I come from one race, which is Adam. And then when, when sin came in, it messed up everything. So we needed a savior. If you want to talk, do the gospel, you can save somebody right there. But people has got so used to black and white and Mexican and all of this stuff. You got to let them know. History said we are one 
race. When you get in college and you get in up under these different people that's talking about the Big Bang Theory, that's how they're taught. But you got to stand on what you know, which is the written word of God. The reason why I'm saying all that today, the churches are confused because we're not starting back first with history. Jesus even went back to the beginning when it comes to marriage. Jesus talked about how it should be in the beginning. Paul talked about how it should be in the beginning. So we have to go back to the beginning dealing with history in order to move forward. Because if you don't, you're going to confuse people of where you're going. And Miracle Temple, this is where we're going to start. So we'll have a full understanding. So we'll know how to defend what we believe through the word of God. This is why Jeremy, when he was a baby, he would tell me. Mama, I'm white. So Jeremy would go after white girls because he was white. So he found him a white girl in kindergarten. Now that boy started out early. Must have been something through the generations. So he started out saying he was going to date a white girl. He loved that white girl. So one day he come home and said, Mama, I ain't talking to her no more. I said, why you ain't talking to her no more? He said, because Mommy, she doing something with, uh, I believe it was glue. Eating glue. He said, I had to drop her sheet and glue. But mom, I'm white. <laughs> Give you another example. Y'all know the different cars, right? BMW. That's the name of the, the dealer, BMW. But from DM, BMW come different cars, series, right? You have what series in BMW, honey? The, the 328... The 528, 530, 740, 750, but it come from where? BMW. It go right back to BMW. Ford's is the same way. It go right back to whoever made it, right? We go back to Adam. So quit trying to say, I got to find somebody that can make me a pretty baby. You better find somebody. That believe what you believe. Because even though they may be darker than you, they shade may be darker. Don't mean that baby going to come out like you or like them. It could come out enough. Come on, somebody. Quit trying to pick and choose. And then when they come out, oh, they ain't what I wanted. Now the baby rejected because you wanted a pretty baby. This is why people look at people babies and don't say pretty nothing. Because they don't want to hurt nobody feeling, oh... But then when they see a baby that got pretty hair, pretty eyes, oh, they so beautiful. We are wrong. Because everything God makes is good. And we have to look at the heart. God said, I don't look at the appearance of a man. I look at the heart of the man. We get us a list, blue eyes and all this and da 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 God, I want to be with whom you will have me to be with. I want them to love me the way you will have them to love me. We go on what the word of God says. I want me a marriage that's made like heaven. So that's why you cannot be unequally yoked. You don't go into things the wrong way. We want to stay with the right foundation. We want to know how to answer. We want to give an answer to what we believe. And if you cannot, go back and find the answer. 
so we can teach our children the right way. It is one race. It didn't end like it's ending now in this slavery. And y'all come, we come from Africa. You come from Adam. And where was he? <laughs> Garden of Eden. <laughs> come on now. We got to know his location, right? So that's why you got to know your history. Get to know your history. And where it all began. And you will know how to answer. So if anybody tell you, you too black, you too white, say, I'm who God has created me to be. I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Because everything God made was good. So you got to know how to answer. Let's quit looking at color. It's the love of God. That matters. And like I said, I didn't come to prove nothing. I didn't come to say I know more than God. I come to give you what God gave me. That's what we do. We give what God gives and God will keep adding to it. Once you get that, he'll keep opening up the word more and more and more and more. And that's what we're going to do in here. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you and we will see you next week.